Are you dreaming of visiting Switzerland? Planning a trip to Switzerland is very exciting, but it can also be overwhelming. How do you choose which of the many scenic cities, towns and villages to visit? Which mountaintop excursions should you take? And what's the best way to get around Switzerland? And of course, how much of the country can you realistically see within your time frame? If you've asked yourself any of these questions, this is the podcast for you. This is the Holidays to Switzerland travel podcast, and in each episode, your host Carolyn Schonefinger chats with Swiss travel experts to answer your most commonly asked questions, provide practical tips, and take you on a virtual visit to the most popular destinations, and of course some hidden gems, to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. And you'll hear plenty of conversations about Swiss cheese and chocolate too. Are you ready to plan your trip to Switzerland? Well, let's get started. Thanks for joining me today on episode 57 of the podcast. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if it's your first time tuning in, thank you for taking the time to listen in. It's great to have you here. I think it goes without saying that the city of Lucerne is one that most people want to see when they visit Switzerland. Famous for the beautiful lake beside which it sits and the medieval chapel bridge, In my opinion, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So it seems a bit remiss that we haven't really explored the city in much detail on the podcast before. Lucerne has certainly been mentioned in previous episodes, but we haven't really given it the time that it deserves. So today I'm going to rectify that. Recently, I was invited to an event in Melbourne, Australia that was organised by Switzerland Tourism. At that event were a number of representatives from various destinations in Switzerland, and amongst them was Celine de Plazes from Lucerne Tourism. After meeting Celine, I knew she would be the ideal guest to have on the podcast to tell us all about lovely Lucerne. After all, she was born in the region and now lives in the city of Lucerne, so she knows this part of Switzerland very well. If you're planning on spending some time in Lucerne, or exploring the nearby mountains and the towns around beautiful Lake Lucerne, keep listening. Celine is going to share all the must-see sites and tell us about local specialties to try and where to try them, fun activities for families, how to spend a day in Lucerne, and much more. Before we hear from Celine, I'd like to say thank you, as always, to the team at Switzerland Tourism for sponsoring the podcast. Make sure you visit their website, myswitzerland.com, for loads of inspiration and ideas to help with your Switzerland trip planning. If you need to go on a tour, you need Switzerland. Now, without further ado, let's hear from Celine. Welcome to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast, Celine. Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to learning more about Lucerne, which I've been fortunate to visit a couple of times and it's a really beautiful city, but I'm sure someone who actually lives there has got a lot of um, great info to share with us today. Would you like to start by introducing yourself and uh, telling us a bit about your background and your role that you now have with Lucerne Tourism? Yes, sure. So thank you, Caroline, for having me. It's a pleasure. So we, we met two weeks ago or three weeks ago in Australia. We did, yes. It was yes. great to see you, yeah. I live in the city now, but actually I was born in Uri, 
So Uri is on the other side of Lake Lucerne. It's very rural, lots of cows, of course, but a beautiful place, great spot to do hiking. They also have a great ski destination, Andermatt. Some of you may have heard of it. And I spend most of my winter days up there. It's just yeah, wonderful. And of course, I did my apprenticeship at the bank first, typical Swiss. <laughs> but I knew that tourism is where I belong and where, where I want to work in. I love traveling, learning more about the different cultures, just meeting new people around the world. And I actually, I was in Australia for four months back in 2016 in Brisbane, where I did um, a language, where I was there to learn some English or to improve my English. But yeah, I was just too short. We did some travel afterwards, but Australia is such a big country. It's just, yeah, I need to get back. <laughs> and then when I came back, I started studying tourism in Zurich. And so the study was, we did one year of school, then I made my internship with the Switzerland Tourism in New York. And that was a great experience. I gained um, lots of insights into the tourism industry in Switzerland. I got to understand how it works because it's quite complex, although mm -hmm. it's such a small country. Um, when I finished my studies in summer 2020, the worst moment to finish uh, tourism studies because there were no jobs available, obviously. But I was lucky enough to get a job in the event industry, which is funny as well, because events yeah, was nothing as well. But the company I worked for, we did um, bigger TV events. So those took place anyway in some, some way or another. And then mid-August this year, I was lucky enough to start working with uh, Lucerne Tourism. So I'm quite a newbie still. <laughs> But um, I'm now responsible for the market, Australia, New Zealand, then uh, Korea, Southeast Asia, Spain, and also the Nordics. And yeah, so far it has been amazing. As I said, I was in Australia a couple of weeks ago and it was great to meet, meet all those people and to tell them about our beautiful city, the region. It's just, it's a great pleasure to represent the region I grew up in. It, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, I can imagine it. As I said yeah. before, it, it's a it is a, a magical city, and would yeah. not be difficult at all sharing how much you love it with everyone else. So, what a great job to have! Now, I think most of our listeners have probably heard of Lucerne, but not everyone would be familiar with the history of the region because this part of the country played a, a significant role in modern day Switzerland or, or Switzerland as we know it today. Can you give us a, a bit of a quick history lesson just to, to um, let the listeners know ab about the history of Lucerne and how it plays a role in, in Swiss history? Yeah, sure. So I, to be honest, I had to do some re research myself because in Switzerland we learn, we, have a, a, we learn a lot about history, but unfortunately somehow Swiss history, there's not, it's not a big topic in schools here. It's more like German history and, and stuff. But I learned something as well, and I will tell you now. I hope I hope you understand. <laughs> Otherwise, once you're in Lucerne, I always recommend doing a city tour. It's a two-hour city tour, and you will learn lots about the history as well. So, um, yeah, you know, Lucerne is the capital of central Switzerland. So we're right in the heart of Switzerland. It's the fourth largest agglomeration of Switzerland, and it owes its development to its great 
geographical location because it has been very important. So the northern and the, to the south, the transport axis, and of course also to its to its picturesque scenery of this region. So tourism is still and has always been a very important industry for us. But let me start from the beginning. So I will tell you some some years and numbers. So historians say that the city hasn't officially been founded. There was smaller settlement near the lake during the Roman times and earlier. Then in the 8th century, the St. Leodegar Monastery uh, settled in Lucerne. And due or because of them, the mar a marketplace developed around the Royce Bridge. So the Royce Bridge is, what is the oldest bridge in Lucerne. It's not the Chapel Bridge. Chapel Bridge is the most famous one, but it's uh, Royce Bridge. And it connected the monastery with the court. So they, there's the river in Lucerne and the monastery was on one side and the court was on the other side. And then the year 1178, that's the year where the historians see the birth of Lucerne because the parish was transferred from the monastery to the city. Then some years later in 1220, another important year for the region because the Gotterpass opened and that created new growth for the whole city and the region because it was important because the transport from of goods was just easier now mm -hmm. with this with this connection. Then in 1291, which was actually the year when the Confederation of Switzerland has been founded, Lucerne has been sold to Rudolf from Habsburg. He was a German king and he had a great impact in the whole history of Lucerne because so the city population obviously wasn't happy about the autonomy of the Habsburg. And then the city and the other forest cantons, which is Uri, Schwyz, Obwalden and Niedwalden, it was used, they used to be Unterwalden and Lucerne, they formed a pack and they enjoyed all the same rights for many years because the city sometimes was a bit better, better off than the rural countries in the countryside. Then in 1386, the Confederation won the Battle of Santa, which is another um, great success for them because they freed themselves permanently from the Austrians, from the Habsburgs. And it was then when the music, music wall has been constructed. In 1800, Lucerne was still a very small town. It only had about 4,300 inhabitants. And, but it still had a very dominant position because, as I said, Lucerne was one of the countries that actually, or the cantons that actually founded Switzerland. So Switzerland has officially been founded in 1291. All the four cantons, as I said before. And although the, the city, so the first city in the confederation was Lucerne, and it has a special position, so it was... Um, predestined to be the Swiss capital, but they they were in this so-called Sonderbund alliance, with, which was a defense protection. It was defeated in 1847, and they voted against the federal constitution in 1848. That's why Lucerne didn't get the, or didn't become the capital of Switzerland, but it mm -hmm. was Bern, which is, um, yeah, sad for us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Bern is a nice place as well. So yeah, 
but in the city you still see a building which was supposed to be the the official as we call Bundeshaus, so where the the politicians um, meet. Yeah, and just to wrap up, so um, Lucerne citizens were always a faith, faithful followers of the Pope. Um, they stood up for the Roman Catholic faith. They were leaders of the Catholic region. So the whole religion, it, was, it played a big, a big role in Lucerne. And also when the Jesuits, another monastery, uh, came to Lucerne, they, they had a big impact because it was the first monastery or the first people that actually educated um, the Lucerne citizen. And maybe some of you know the beautiful Jesuit church, which is right beside the, the river. And that, that's a church that became, became as a thank you. And it's the first sacred Baroque building in whole Switzerland. So Lucerne went through some challenging times, church and the state determined the lives of Lucerne citizens. And it was 1830 when the beginning of tourism was. So it was um, lakeside promenades were built, hotels were built, steamboats were on Lake Lucerne as of 1836. And as of 1859, Lucerne could be reached by railway, so quite quite a long time ago already that Lucerne has been connected quite well with the rest of um, Switzerland. So yeah, that, that's about the history. I hope I could give you some or uh, an insight. And yeah, as I, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you have time and if you're in Lucerne at some point, definitely do one of the public um, city tours. It's about two hours. I did one myself. And it's really interesting what they will tell you about the history and the different buildings and sites in um, Lucerne City. Yeah, that it's always a great way to to learn more about a, a city, yeah. isn't it, to, to do a, a walking yeah. tour. And we'll talk more about the lake in a moment because you you mentioned there that the lake is surrounded by the other cantons, which all together formed the first Switzerland as we know it today. Um, but let's start and talk more about the city. Uh, what are some of the the most important sites in the city that most tourists would like to visit when they come to Lucerne? As you've heard, Lucerne has a um, great history. And thanks to this great history, we do have an old, an old town and the newer part of the city. And the two parts are connected with the bridges. And one is, of course, the famous Chapel Bridge. It's the oldest preserved wooden bridge in Europe, and it's also the most photographed site in Switzerland. So you can't, can't go back to Australia without having a picture of the Chapel Bridge and yourself. The bridge was built in the 1300s, and it was built to actually connect the churches so people could go to church without getting wet when it rained. So there was no reason why they shouldn't go to church. So you see religion has played a big role in history in Lucerne. Unfortunately, it burned down in 1993 because some yeah, stupid guy, he just threw, so he was walking over the bridge and just threw his cigarette into the river, which of course is already bad. But then unfortunately there was a boat and in this boat there was petrol. So it exploded and the whole bridge burned down. They rebuilt everything and we opened it in 1994. And it's just, yeah, you, you can't miss the bridge. It's, it's so beautiful. There's also the water tower right beside the bridge, which actually has been there before the bridge itself. 
The water tower served as an archive, a city treasury, and it used to be a prison as well. If you pass the bridge, you have to, to look up as well because there are lots of paintings, mostly made in the 17th century, and they also served educational reasons. So they were looked the citizens, they were looking for ways to educate um, their people. So they painted paintings and put them on the on the seat of the bridge. Unfortunately, lots of them got burned as well. So yeah, they're not there anymore. Then I've mentioned the Jesuit church, which is the church that has been connected with the chapel bridge to another chapel. I mentioned it before, it's a it's a beautiful Baroque building. Go inside and have a look. There are no mm. official um how do you say it in English? I don't can't remember the word. Like official events in there because it it belongs to the city. It's not a religious uh, or a monastery that that belongs the church to. Then the city walls. It's the eight hundred meter long um, wall. It has nine towers. Four of them are open, and you can visit them from April to end of October. During winter time, they are closed because it's just with the snow and ice. It's too too dangerous. And then also across the bridge, so in the older part of the city, there's the Dying Lion Monument, an impressive monument made of stone. It's 10 by 6 meter, um, 10 by 6 meter wide. And it honors the Swiss guards who died in Paris in 1792. So it was about a thousand Swiss guards that protected the life of King Louis when the revolutionaries stormed the king's residence. And one of the guards who was on leave in uh, Lucerne, obviously he didn't die, but then he initiated the creation of this young monument to honor his uh, fallen colleagues. So mm. very nice. Yeah, it's a very moving monument, mm-hmm. isn't it? When you see yes. it, it really yeah. touches yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's such a nice place as well. Nice, nice. Um, yes, the whole setup there. And right beside the, the monument, there's the glacier garden. It's all about geology, travel back in time to discover how Lucerne looked when the glacier covered the land. And you also learn how the mountains were built. So it's a really yeah, interesting and educated, educating museum as well. And also in this corner of the city, there's the Burbaki panorama. It's one of the few remaining monumental circular paintings in the world. So it was Eduardo Castres and his 10 colleagues who were working on this picture. So it's, it's big and it shows a scene when um, the general Burbaki's defeated army is crossing the border back to Switzerland. So those are some of the, the sites that um, you should definitely visit when you're in Lucerne. But it's just also nice to, to walk around the city, enjoy the beautiful old town, um, the train station or the concert and convention center on the on the newer part of the city. There's a, a lot to explore. One thing we didn't um, talk about there is in the old town, the the buildings, the facades of them, a lot of them are, are painted yeah. and, and they have yes. the beautiful oriole windows. So yes. if someone is strolling around in the old town, they definitely need to look up and, and look out for those too. Yeah, yeah. There's actually even a city, a dedicated city tour, which is just talking about all the paintings on the walls. 
lot of them again have religious um, backgrounds and and show pictures that people should educate. Mm-hmm. So it's a really really interesting, yeah, yeah, great. There are lots of other museums in Lucerne as well, in, including my favourite, which is the Swiss Transport Museum. What can you tell us about some of the museums and the different things that people can see when they visit them? Yeah, so Swiss Swiss um, Museum of Transport, it's a, it's a great one, especially for families. It's very interactive. You can try out things yourself, test them. It's all about transportation, obviously. So buses, trains, boats, cars, and also aviation and the space. At the moment, they do have lots of virtual um, experiences. So Red Bull has a big um, exhibition there and their newest attraction is called The Edge. And it's actually where you could climb the Matterhorn. So what you do is you get those glass, uh, virtual reality glasses and some sort of back, it looks like a backpack, and you get those gloves for your hand, and then you're climbing this wall, and in your glasses, it looks as if you're climbing Matterhorn. <laughs> so a really nice experience. You don't need to buy a ticket for the museum. You can just go there and, and just do that. You need to wear clothes shoes, though, because <laughs> when I was there, I, I only wore flip-flops. They were like, no. You cannot do that. <laughs> so that's, well, you can't climb the Matterhorn in flip-flops, no. you see. You need, you need proper no. shoes. <laughs> exactly. Um, they also have the chocolate adventure in the Swiss Museum of Transport, where you will learn how chocolate is being made, where it comes from. And, of course, at the end, you get some chocolate to taste as well. And they're extending the whole museum. They're building a new exhibition hall for the trains. And also um, energy will be a topic because with the whole transportation, that's also something, um, yeah, they want to pick up and mm-hmm. educate people and kids about. Then we have some art museums and mu- some musicians. Some of you may know Richard Wagner, Richard Wagner. He used to live in Lucerne for a couple of years. The museum itself is a bit outside the city. It's about... I'd say 10-15 minutes by bus from the train station. It's a beautiful location overlooking the, the lake and certainly a most visit place for all music enthusiasts. And then the art museum in the concert and convention center. And then there's another one. It's called the collection uh, Rosengard. That one is in the middle of the city. It's a collection of works of people. Pablo Picasso and Paul Klee and lots of other artists. And the whole museum or the collection belongs to Angela Rosengard. She's the founder of the Rosengard collections. And it started in 1978 when Siegfried, so her, her um, husband, and Angela Rosengard presented the city of Lucerne with eight masterpieces by Picasso for the 800th anniversary of the city. So in 1992, they set up the Rosengard Foundation because they didn't want to keep their beautiful paintings for themselves, but they wanted to share them with the whole pop, uh, the whole population. And I've heard that she, because she's still alive, that she's there every Saturday morning herself and showing around um, the visitors in the museum. So she's a very, very proud woman, and it's it's a great place to go for for 
all of us. I mean, I'm not a big, or I don't know a lot about art, but it's um, still, yeah, very impressive to, yeah. to see the paintings there. Well, that's a great tip. If you're in Lucerne yeah. on a Saturday morning, definitely yes. go to the museum because you, you might find the owner. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but when I was on the city city tour, they told me that she, with her shopping bag, she would go there and, and see if all the paintings are still there and take people around. So, yeah, try oh, wonderful. to find her. <laughs> yeah. And also, we have this museum pass. So in the city, there are nine museums. And if you have the... The museum pass for two consecutive days. You can visit all museums. So if you see the weather is not good, that might be a bad weather option for you. Mm, okay. And apart from the Richard Wagner Museum that you mentioned is a little bit out of town, are all the other sites that we've already talked about, are they all within walking distance? Yeah, I mean, Lucerne is... It's a city, but it rather feels like a big town. Mm. So everything is in walkable distance. The Swiss Museum of Transport is also a bit outside. So there's a beautiful lake promenade. You can walk from the city centre to the Swiss Museum of Transport. It's probably about 30 minutes. And otherwise, there are lots of buses. Um, You can also take a boat to get from Lucerne Railway Station to the Swiss Museum of Transport. It's about a 10 minutes, beautiful boat ride. But otherwise, I live in the city myself and I lived there since two years and I took the bus probably once or twice. Normally I walk or I take a bike. It's mm. really, it's not big. Okay. Oh, great. Right. So we, we know lots of things now that we can do in Lucerne, um, but it's also a great base uh, for enjoying some of the wonderful mountain excursions that are in the area. What are some of the most popular mountain day trips to do from Lucerne? So there's a lot to explore, actually. But, of course, there are the the famous ones. So one is certainly Pilatus. Then we have Rigi, Antitlis, and also Stanzerhorn and um, Stoß. But let me tell you something about Pilatus. So Pilatus is on the right. So if you're in the city, you will see it right behind. It's Beautiful, beautiful um, photo. If you have the city and Pilatus in the background. And what most people are doing is called the Golden Round Trip. So you will go up the mountain by gondola on one side. You can get off in the middle. Um, it's called Frackmundek. It's a beautiful place for family and all those of you who want to get this adrenaline rush because there's a rope park. You can sleep in tree tents. There's a beautiful um, barbecue area, restaurant. Yeah, just a just a good place to to get off the gondola before you go to the top. Then on top, there's two hotels. It's beautiful to spend the night up there because in the evening you nearly got the mountain for yourself. There are no other people than hotel guests. And then in the morning you have beautiful sunrise. There's a restaurant as well if you only want to go up there for to have lunch. And then hiking up on Pilatus is a bit hard. You can, of course, walk up uh, from, from the Surim, which is about four hours. It's quite a steep hike, but if you want to have a chance, <laughs> that's something you can try. Up on top, it's mainly about the view. In winter, they get snow. It actually got, they got snow last week already, so... Mount Pilatus has been 
have been snow, but um, yeah, it will, it's already gone again. And then you would go down with the steepest cockwheel railway in the world. They've renewed their um, coaches. So you nearly have a 360 degree view now. It's, it's beautiful. It's about 40 minutes. And then once you're in Altnachstadt, that's the, that's the place where your ride ends, you can take a boat and go back to Lucerne. And I always say, of course, it depends how long, how long you want to stay on, spend on top, but at least plan half a day to do this trip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to rush. You want to relax, enjoy the view. And then on the other side, of the lake, there's Mount Rigi, another beautiful mountain excursion. It's called the Queen of the Mountain because in German we use those different articles. You only in English you only have the, but we have three different ones. And all the mountains in our region they are um, masculine. Rigi is the the only one that is feminine. That's why she's called the Queen of the Mountains. And they also say it's a three-generation mountain because it's really easy for parents to get there. With their kids taking the grandparents, it's really, I would say, light hiking. You don't mm -hmm. need special hiking gear. You can just go there with your sneakers. And also the, the view is, is, of course, amazing. And what is um, special about Jiggy is that they really let the mountain be as nature made it. There is no rope park it's really just how how it is there are restaurants there's also a beautiful spa hotel up on Rigikalt um, Bad but otherwise really all about hiking nature um, it's the oldest mountain railway in Europe they've also renewed their railways last year and if you want to go down with the vintage one you can go down the the other side of the mountain and also do a round trip taking the train back to the CERN or if you need to go to the airport that's also possible because from Artsgoldal which is the town on the other side of the mountain there are direct train connections to um, Zurich mm -hmm. and then I give you some more information about Mount Titlis so Mount Titlis is about 50 minutes by train from Lucerne. So the getaway to Tiblis is uh, the village called Engelberg. Mm -hmm. It's also a beautiful um, ski ski destination in winter. They open their ski slopes in two weeks. So it's the longest ski season in Switzerland. It's the first revolving cable car in the world. So definitely an experience as well. Um, and then, yeah, Stanzerhorn is special because they have an open-air funicular or uh, gondola. So if you go up the mountain, you can actually be outside and enjoy the beautiful view. And then on Stoß, there is a village. So people actually live there and it's all um, car-free. So a special experience as well. So you see there's lots of lots of possibilities. So I definitely have to stay more than one day in the zone. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, you need a day to see the city yeah. and then you need yeah. a day for the mountains and we haven't even spoken about the lake yet. So <laughs> True. <laughs> now, of course, I couldn't invite you on to talk about Lucerne without talking about the lake as well. So let's um, let's talk a bit more about that. 
In English, we call it Lake Lucerne, but its official German name is something quite different. So can you tell us what that is and and why it's called that? Yeah. So it's funny because when I was in Australia, a lot of people were asking me this question. Also, why is Lucerne? Because in German, we call it Luzerne, and there's Mm -hmm. an English name, Lucerne, which for a lot of cities or places there isn't. So Lake Lucerne in, in German is called Vierwaldstättersee. And Vierwaldstätten are the four forest cantons. So it's Uri, Schwyz, Unterwalden and Lucerne. And those are the cantons. So cantons are like your your territory. States. Yeah. States, exactly. Um, those are the ones that border the lake. And as I said before, in 1291 on Rütli, it's a meadow by Lake Lucerne. The foundations for the Swiss Confederation were laid. So it's really central Switzerland, the heart of Switzerland, where it all started. I don't I don't know why, because I think it's not really fair that it's called Lake Lucerne because there are three or four other cantons that are mm, part that's of right. the lake. But yeah, maybe <laughs> Lucerne because just... Lucerne is the biggest. Yeah, that's... more famous perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So with, with being such a beautiful lake, obviously lake cruises are going to be very popular. What sort of boat trips can people do on, on Lake Lucerne? Because I think there's there's quite a few different types. So you can do pretty much everything on lakes. There are, of course, the regular boat cruises. So the regular schedule, that one is fully included in the Swiss Travel Pass. There are steamboats in summer and in winter there is a limited schedule, but the boats are still operating 365 days a year. So the lake doesn't, doesn't freeze. It's too, too big and too deep to, to freeze. Mm-hmm. And then we do have lots of culinary cruises as well. So a lunch cruise or a brunch cruise. Then of course, fondue and rocklet boat as well. They part, depart every Friday as of um, October and then till March. And also international food such as the fajita or Thai boat, that there are lots of different options. But if you don't have time to spend three hours on a boat, there are also options for round trips. So a scenic cruise on a panorama yacht, it's one of the newest boat they have. It's for about an hour. There's also an audio guide on the boat. So you will learn something about the city as well while enjoying the beautiful view and then another option would be the Bergenstock Express which is actually the shuttle bus or a boat for the hotel guests but instead of getting out at the hotel you just stay on the boat and go back to Lucerne that's fully covered by the Swiss travel pass as well and it's also about one hour and then if you have more time a beautiful trip across the whole lake is from Lucerne to Flüelen, which is at the other end of the lake where, where I grew up actually. And then back to Lucerne, it's about five, five and a half hours. So, uh, a big, big boat trip. But an option would also be to go there one way by boat and taking the train back to Lucerne. Or if you're heading to the south of uh, Switzerland to Ticino, you can take the boat first and then take change to the train, which takes you over the Gotterpass, the panoramic route. It's called the uh, Gotter Panorama Express. It's mm-hmm. one of the sea train rides in yeah. um, Switzerland. 
And that's to all covered by the Swiss Travel Pass too, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. So if you have time and that fits your travel plans, that's a, a beautiful train ride and boat ride to do. And of course, the mountain excursions. So the boats do connect the city with the mountains. So Pilatus and Jigi are the two most popular ones that are easy, easy doable by boat. And if you have a bigger group or if you want to celebrate a birthday or a wedding, there are also charter boats available. So mm. it's really the sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, there's something for everyone. And I think um, something that a lot of visitors probably forget or, or don't realise is that the locals use the boats as a, like just a means of getting to work or going yeah. to the city to go shopping. It's it's just another part of the public transport yeah. system. So. Yeah. They operate all the time, which is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a ferry for some of us. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, you did mention before that the lake is surrounded by four cantons, which I hope I got these right. Uri, Schwiz, I think that's how you pronounce it, Obwalden and Niedwalden. So it's obviously a very large lake. And there's obviously lots of different places around there that people can go if if they want to get out of the city and maybe spend some time somewhere smaller for a day or a couple of days, what are some of the places around the lake that you really like? So one of them is certainly Witznau, Basobekis and Witznau. It still belongs to the canton of Lust. No, actually, Vegis, the one I actually I don't know by heart, but one of them is already Schwitz and the other one I think it's still... Lucerne, and it's also known as Lucerne's Riviera because you feel as if you're somewhere in the south, southern part of Switzerland. It's the gateway to Mount Rigi as well, where you can do hiking or enjoy beautiful spa day in Rigi Kalpa. There are also lots of um, fine dining restaurants, lots of restaurants with uh, gomio points. And one of the iconic hotels in the region, the Park Hotel Witznau, is um, located there. So you can spend or spend some days there or you just do a day trip, maybe combine it with uh, Mount Rigi as well. Then another beautiful place beside the lake is Brunnen. It's in Canton Schwyz. It's reachable by boat. It's about a two-hour trip and it's the home of the Swiss pocket knife. So Victorinox mm. has their main main office there. And they opened a shop or reopened the shop in Brunnen. And they have now um, a corner where you can build your own pocket knife. So you put it together and it's all handmade by yourself. So really nice experience. And it also has a lovely lake, mm-hmm. promenades, cafes, restaurants. So that's a place where I often went because it's also very close to where I grew up. And it, it's just it feels different there. It yeah. doesn't feel like central Switzerland anymore. It feels... Like I, I actually stayed stayed there for a couple of nights a few years ago. But, yeah, somehow I missed that pocket knife experience. But, <laughs> yeah. But it's, you it's, come it's, back. <laughs> I, I'll have to. But it's beautiful there along the lake and there's some lovely restaurants and, yeah, it's, I don't know, you, you're kind of, the mountains are so close. Like you, yeah. it's like you're... Um, 
yeah, in a bit of a fjord, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Looks a bit like uh, Norway because when you're in Brunnen, you will see the part of the lake that is called Lake Uri because it's surrounded by the canton of Uri and it really looks like a, like a fjord somewhere mm. in Norway. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Yeah, and of course, another um, excursion or place around the lake I'd like to, to mention is, of course, Birkenstock. It's only a short boat ride, so 25 minutes, one way to get there. And then a little funicular takes you up right into the hotel. And it's a, so it's actually, it's a hill, but on the hill, they've built a luxury resort with uh, three hotels. If I'm up there, it just feels out of this world. It's such a beautiful place overlooking the city and the lake. And even if you don't stay up there, just go there for for a coffee or they got a beautiful restaurant that's called The Spices. And it's a nice location overlooking the lake. And um, yeah. Mm, I've seen photos of that funicular that you're talking about. It's it's quite a different one, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a small one, only, I don't know, like five or ten minutes. Quite an old one as well. It's just a special way to get there. It's a, yeah, yeah, really nice place to just, if the weather is not good, another option to just go for a nice coffee. They actually have an open cinema up there as well. So it's a small cinema. You call the concierge and ask them for the, for the film. So they do play like the newest ones. So they also play James Bonds and another, um, instead of going to the cinema in the city, can go up there. Yeah. What what a great experience. Yeah. (laughs) So there's lots of things uh, to do in in Lucerne, as you've mentioned. Are there any that are particularly good for families? I mean, we we did talk before about Mm -hmm. the the Swiss Museum of Transport, but but what what about other things that um, that kids Mm -hmm. particularly like to do? So the mirror maze, it's next to the museum. It's a labyrinth, lots, lots of um, mirrors, and it's a great, it's great fun for kids. They also have these mirrors where your body would be super tall or super wide, just yeah, quite, quite funny. And then, of course, the fox trails. It's um, available in various villages and also um, smaller villages. Of course, also in the city, it's a great option to explore the place in a different way. So you would solve tricky riddles and chasing the fox. Mm-hmm. And hopefully okay. at the end you will you will find him. There are trails as well, like food trails, where you would explore local local food as well. And yeah, of course, a lake cruise, you can also do it if the weather is not good. Um, or then, as I said, fragmented the the rope park that one is close during winter but in summer that's definitely also a nice place it's not too far away because it's halfway up Mount Pilatus mm-hmm. um yeah and all there's always chocolate of course there's always chocolate yeah so in this year we have um, Max Chocolatier he's a should I say very um, exclusive chocolatier. It's not like Lindt or Gaillet, which you get pretty much in every store. Max Chocolatier is very um, exclusive. They have a store in the old town and you can also book um, a chocolate experience with them where you would learn about chocolate. You do your own 
truffle and definitely also something that kids kids love mm. and adults too <laughs> And of course, <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of food, are there any um, local specialties that people should try when they visit Lucerne, or any typically Swiss restaurants that that are, are worth visiting? Yeah, certainly. So, I won't I won't mention chocolate and cheese because we all know that we do have the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in Lucerne, we have something called Lucerne puff pastry. So, it looks like a little cake made of puff pastry it's filled with a sauce made of mushroom sliced veal veal and pork sausage meat and it's mostly served with uh, wet cheese or fries Mm. so there are lots of restaurants that do have this dish one of them is called the Ripstock restaurant Ripstock or the restaurant Le Lopin they are both in the older part uh, of the city and then something sweet, of course. It's called Lucerne Birewecke. It's made of puff pastry as well and filled with dried pears and prunes and dried figs, walnuts and raisins. And I didn't know about that. I've learned it when I when I was preparing for this podcast. So in the past, this sort of bread has been made by farmers to avoid a loss of the fruit. So farmers, when they couldn't sell all of their fruit, because in Lucerne we do have lots of fruit farmers, they would dry the food and process it in a sort of bread. So combine it Mm. uh, with a normal bread and just fill it with this dried fruit. Okay. And they could could, could save (laughs) it for later on. And yeah. what are what are those two? Uh, you just said the name of the, the the sweet one, but what's the name of the 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 one with the mushroom in it? What's the the German name for it? Ah, uh, the German name. It's called Luzerner Hügelipastetli. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to try and say that, <laughs> but yeah. I will I will get the correct spelling of it from you, and I will, I will put that in the show notes so that um, people yeah. can look that up on the menu when they're when they're in Lucerne. <laughs> Perfect. And in the city, we do have lots of traditional restaurants that are serving those Lutzerner Hügelipastetli. And of course, also um, fondue. So one of the most famous ones is probably called the Zunft Restaurant Pisten. It's right beside the river. In winter, they have this beautiful winter wonderland outside and you can choose from about a hundred different fondue variations. So that's Nice place to yeah to enjoy some winter winter feelings. Mm. If you are looking for something a bit more, let's say outside the box or not normal and special, it's a beautiful restaurant. It's in an old monastery. It's in Stanz, so that's Canton Niedwalden. It's about I'd say twenty minutes by train. It's called Culinarium Alpinum. And their concept is a bit different from normal restaurants because a normal restaurant, they would have their menu and based on that, they buy their things with the farmers and in, in the market. But the Culinarium Alpinum, they do it the other way around. So they ask the farmers, what do you, what do you have? And based on that, they're creating their menu. Mm-hmm. So it's all uh, local products. They're working closely with the farmers. And also learning about, they're having a beautiful garden with lots of berries where they try to plant 
fruits and vegetables. So it's also a bit um, educational what you mm. will learn there. And they also have rooms. So if you want to stay in an old monastery, that's a special place to go, a special experience there. Yeah, okay. And the chefs would really have to be on their toes because they're only cooking what uh, what they're yeah. provided with with yeah. each day. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. How, yeah, how wonderful. Now, yeah. for me, Lucerne is a fairy tale city at any time of the year. It's just magical with that the beautiful chapel bridge and the, and the churches and, and the, the old town. It's just lovely. But I have also been lucky enough to be there just before Christmas and when all the lights are twinkling and there's snow dusted on top of the the bridge, uh, the roof of the bridge, it, it's really magical. And like many cities in Switzerland, there's Christmas markets. But I think also um, in January there's a another festival where lights play a big part. Uh, yeah. Could could you tell us a bit more about those those two things? Yeah. So in January we have the light festival Lucerne. We call it Lilu Lichter Festival Lucerne, and there will be beautiful light installations all over the city. It's all for free, so you just wander about, uh, wander around the city and enjoy the beautiful, beautiful light installation. It's made by various artists. They do change every year. There are also installations inside churches with organ music. So, for example, in the Jesuit church, that's one place, and it just gives the city a different atmosphere. It's um, yeah, lots of food stands as well, mulled wine, of course, just a, a beautiful experience. And mm, yeah. And what about the what about the Christmas markets? How how long do they do they run for? So norm, there's multiple Christmas markets, but most of them start beginning of December and end around Christmas or end of December. There's one called uh, Rudolf's Garden, which is right beside the, the lake. They open mid-November and that's mostly, they have a, a big fondue hut there as well. They have a bar, um, lots of foods, food stalls and drinks. It's not really a Christmas market, it's more... You go there for a drink or food, but it's also uh, beautiful with the lights and everything. And beside that one, in front of the concert and convention center, there's also the Life on Ice. So that's an ice rink. It's also for free. You just need to rent your ice skates. And it's also a beautiful atmosphere because the city on the other side of the, of the lake is um, beautiful and you just go there and indulge into those Christmas feelings. Mm. I already look forward to this time yeah. of the year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely something to look forward to as, as the end of the year approaches. Yes. Okay. So if you were going to show a first-time visitor around Lucerne in just one day, where would you take them? So the claim of Lucerne, Lake Lucerne region, is the city the lake, the mountains, and that's really what you need to do. So I would take them around the old town, showing them the beautiful restaurants, taking coffee by the river, and then we would hop on a boat, do one of the mountain excursions, so either Pilatus or Rigi, and then having lunch up there, maybe do some hiking if you have time and the weather allows it, and then in the evening going down back to the city and having dinner in one of the traditional restaurants and then trying this Lucerne puff pastry. 
And yeah, that's that's what I would do. So you have the city, you have the lake with the boat cruise, and you do a mountain excursion. So mm. you got everything. You you got Switzerland in one place. Yeah, absolutely. The the perfect day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now before I let you go, uh, have you got any local secrets about Lucerne or the Lake Lucerne region that you can share with us? Yeah, I won't I won't tell you too much. You need to come and see for yourself. I mean, <laughs> there's so so many things. And what what I always feel is that Lucerne it's a city, but it's still a small town. So people are still down to earth. There is lots of culture, tradition. Um, and I always recommend people, of course, doing those main, main things, seeing the chapel bridge, doing this mountain excursion, but also take your time to explore things off the beaten track. So we have uh, something called Route 1291. It's a beautiful e-bike route multiple stages it would take you all around the region also to places which are a bit more rural you would buy things in local farmer shops um, meeting the locals seeing how they live it's really I think that's what then makes the whole stay in Switzerland um, memorable if you're not just with the main main touristy things but taking your time and really indulge into the traditions the culture meeting the locals in the city as well there is of course the old town but then there's also a um, part of the city called the Bruchquartier which is a very um yeah there are lots of local shops the mm -hmm. the locals we live there we go there for drinks restaurants bars just wander around this part of the city as well and seeing how how life really is because often with the um, touristy places lots of things are probably made for tourists mm -hmm. and locals would avoid those places so my recommendation is to really take your time and explore Lucerne off the beaten track as well yeah great advice yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Celine, for sharing all that with us. It's uh, it's wonderful to get a bit more of an insider's insight into, into <laughs> Lucerne and all the things there are to see and do there. Yeah. Thank you very much, Caroline, for having me. And, yeah, I hope to see you soon again. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. After hearing from Celine, I'm sure you'll understand why Lucerne is such a popular destination. Like she said, it's a compact city that is perfect for exploring on foot and it has the added bonus of being right beside the lake and close enough to the mountains to explore them all in one day. But don't just spend one day in Lucerne if you can help it. There is so much to see and do that it really deserves at least two full days. And why not add on a couple more days and stay at one of the lakeside towns Celine mentioned too? Lucerne is just 50 minutes by train from Zurich's main station and one hour from Zurich Airport, so it's easy to reach and very central to other destinations in Switzerland, which makes it a perfect base to start exploring other parts of the country too. Ready to plan your visit to Lucerne? You'll find lots more great information about Lucerne in the show notes for this episode. I'll include the details of the local dishes to try and the restaurants that Celine mentioned, as well as links to the many detailed articles about Lucerne that you'll find on our website. You can find the show notes at holidays to switzerland.com forward slash 
episode 57. Thanks for joining me today. Next time, we're heading for the hills. Well, the mountains, actually, and Mount Titlas, to be more specific. I hope you can join me then. Until then, tschüss. If you'd like more great resources to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland, there are lots of ways to connect with us. Visit our website, holidaystoswitzerland.com, sign up for our monthly newsletter, or join our friendly, helpful community of past and future travellers in our Switzerland travel planning group. You'll also find the links to connect with us in the show notes for this episode. Show notes and a list of all previous episodes are available at holidaystoswitzerland.com slash podcast. Don't miss out on your fortnightly dose of Swiss travel inspo. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating. That's all for this edition of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Thanks for joining us and happy travel planning.